Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome one and all to the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross alongside my man Jack McKenzie and you. And it's been another busy week. Uh, Another week goes by and the Pac-12 has yet to nail down their TV deal. And the constant, I guess you could say sword fighting or whatever you want to, to pertain to between the Big 12 fan base and the Pac-12 fan base ravages on. Social media is just bonkers right now. With it, it's become so tribal, man. Yeah, it's it can be kind of tough to watch, and like sometimes you gotta mute some stuff, some people on your Twitter feed, even. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets to that. It, it's sad. You really hate to see it go there, but that's kind of where we are right now. But you know, it, it's one of those things where, as as time keeps progressing, it's like, what are we doing this for? Like, it, it, you just nail something down. If you're George Klyavkov and you're the Pac-12, get in a room, figure this out, and just kind of – because right now you're the ones who control this whole narrative. Like, all of the stuff, all of the drama everywhere could be laid to rest if you would just come out, give some clarity to the situation. And that's just not the case, and that, that leads to firestorms on – social media and everything about, well, if certain outlets are reporting this, then, you know, how logical is it? Or, or are you just doing it for your own gain? And what that's not serving anybody a good purpose. Yeah, it, it's a really weird situation they got out there. And there's, there's so much smoke that, like, at this point in my mind, I'm just like, there's got to be fire, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's the way it's constantly picked up and, and there's more talk coming out, well, the four corner schools are a little unstable. And I know coming in this week, Colorado was uh, going to hold some meetings. And I don't think that's necessarily a situation where they're going to announce anything regarding their future with the conference. I just feel like that's probably you're tidying up some things in house. But anytime anything happens right now with the team from the Pac 12 or the Big 12, I think it's going to get blown out of proportion more so than what it usually is. But the one for, for, one substance, um, there is an article out there right now on the LA Times, mm-hmm. and it's legit. I highly recommend you go and check it out, Jack. But I know you were looking at it, and there was a couple of things in there in particular that really stood out to you. Yeah, the the big thing for me was um, where the uh, in the article, I believe it was written by uh, Jay Brady McCullough. Yeah. Um, in the article, he gets into kind of well, should they expand? Will they expand? And he said uh, towards the end of that little section, he had like five different sections. He said the only reason it would make sense to consider adding these schools, being SMU and San Diego State specifically, is if the Pac-12 is preparing for the possible departure of more schools. In that case, out of desperation, the league would have no choice but to strategically rate the group of five. 
it's really weird for me to read that because exactly what he's saying would would be desperate and would cause more turmoil for the Pac-12 by adding schools, by diluting the shares that everyone gets. Mm. Like, I don't disagree with what he's saying, but it's weird that he's saying the exact same thing that helps stabilize the Big 12 is what could further destabilize the Pac-12. Okay, uh, from that angle, I feel like what he's trying to say is there aren't any, and, and I could be, I feel like, in my belief, there aren't any Power 5 programs out there right now available. Group of five? Group of five who carry the same weight to what the Big 12 was able to grab. And I know I'm on record of saying that while the Big 12 grabbed those teams, it doesn't do much for me personally. I understand it's great for the conference. It stabilized it. But as far as the weight it brings, it doesn't really swing for me. But that being said, I feel like they, the Big 12, with those teams they brought, are significantly ahead of the Pac-12 because even if you go and add San Diego State or you grab an SMU, that's cute and all, but what other two teams or per se could you grab that would add any value? Like I just feel like there's not enough options out there to even make it relevant to compare to what the big – and I feel like that's what he's saying as far as why that would negatively impact. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes sense, and I think you're right that there aren't there are nowhere near as many good options out there, especially for the Pac-12. Um, I feel like not taking a super deep dive, but there have been some pretty decently at least performing football programs in the group of five that are just ge geographically too far away to even consider. Now, once you consider them, would they be good options? I don't know. I, I'm not really trying to get into that. Right. Uh, but my point is is like. Not only do you have to deal with, are they good enough in football? Are they good enough academically? Because that's a huge thing that's for the Pac-12. That's the thing right there. That's probably the number one thing holding them back. But they also, like, they have to deal with everything. Geography, academics, and play on the field. Yeah, and because I, I wanted to say, when you initially brought up geography, I wanted to say that's kind of been thrown out the window. But given some more time, I think you you've got to take it into consideration out there just because of the significance with the time. Like, that, that's where, like, where that comes into play. I just, man, I, they've, all right, so you've already shot down, because John Canzano was out there reporting that there are four, because it was like last week, I think he brought up there the four teams as well that the Pac-12 was looking to add. So there's, there's, that goes back to the smoke thing, right? Like, it's not just one person saying this. There's multiple sources in the area who are reporting that the, the Pac-12 is actively seeking. But, and Canzano said that the Pac wants nothing to do with UNLV, which is weird because that they always get brought up simply because of the market. And I understand that's probably a lot of untapped potential as, as sports are growing and the way things are growing with the Las Vegas market. But for the Pac-12 to just kind of – the Pac-12 approached UNLV the way the Big 12 approached SMU. Like, they're right there. They're available. They they check a lot of the boxes. But for whatever reason, you – and I understand the Pac-12 – the Big 12 doesn't want SMU. but Yeah, I, I think it's the exact same reason why they don't yeah. want UNLV – like you can say, oh, they're not up to the academic standard. I honestly think it's the Pac-12 believes they can get that Las Vegas market without having to add a school and dilute the revenue shares. Well, I mean that makes sense because your championship games for other sports are already there, and I, you know I could see that. My thing is though, okay, if if you're looking outside of the box, like that only leaves just a handful of schools. Like I know Boise State for years has has tried to 
you know, make themselves attractive to a bigger conference. And I think that probably 10 years ago, if maybe longer, dude, the time's so weird as you like, maybe even longer than that. If this would have been unfolding, Boise state would be a shoe in, but now it's like, they've just kind of gone to the waist. I know they, I don't understand it at all, man. I really don't understand it because in my mind, they might not be in a big market, but they are a brand. They are an established brand. I want like, I don't know how many other people have done this, but every time I like would start a new dynasty in the NCAA football games, I'd be throwing the Boise State into the Pac-12. I want to see those matchups. I want to play those matchups. Right. So I think it's something that I, I just I don't understand the lack of interest in Boise because I think it would bring a lot of eyeballs. It would bring a lot of neutral eyeballs. Now, were some of those like I want to see Boise play USC every year? Yes. So it. Like, I understand not having the other brands to pair with another solid brand right. in Boise State makes them probably less enticing to the, the schools that are remaining. I still don't, don't fully understand the lack of interest, but I know there are a lot of other factors, and I know academics and probably market size are a couple of them. Yeah, and, and I don't want to, like, I don't, when all of this, I kind of feel like the academic thing gets brought up with the Pac-12 as a slight. And in the grand scheme of things, like, they're right. Like, this should be more about the academics than what's happening. But the reality of the situation is the academics are – like, you're going to have to put that stuff to the side if you want to continue to progress and grow with how things are going, whether that be right or wrong. So I think you've got to f- figure out what you want to be, and then you got to put your ego in check and put your ego to the side if you want to stay relevant. Or, or if you're in a situation like – you need to say, if you're Stanford or Cal or one of them that are really high on that, then you need to say, you know what, the hell with this. We're going to, you know, put all our chips in academically. We'll stay independent, and y'all go ahead and do what the hell y'all want to do. And I, at this point, like, I'm wondering how much of that is probably a reality. Like, they're really debating that. And if that's kind of something that's not being talked about, that's that's kind of holding things up as the Pac-12 tries to progress for their TV deal. Yeah, I don't know if the idea of those two schools going independent is something that's really holding up anything for the Pac-12. Uh, because I think if you can get the money and the Pac-12 stays together, they'll stay in. I don't think it's a question. Um, what Back to the academics thing, I think you're right. I think it's weird that we like people in the media, people like you and me, mm-hmm. keep on sitting behind our microphones, sitting behind our cameras and going like, well, the academics don't matter at all in this discussion. It's like, it's really sad. They yeah, should. It really is. And what I don't fully get is what having a strong a- conference academically really means. It's like you universities as an ac- academic institution. I know I said my big bit about academic institutions <laughs> last time. Um, <laughs> you can have relationships with the university outside of your athletic conference. They that's the thing. These are athletic conferences. Yeah. So when you're talking about athletic conference realignment, what, like it, it's just a weird in-group, out-group sociology yeah. kind of thing where you're like, well, no, you have to be smart enough to be a part of our group. It's like... Um, but isn't that what the Ivy League's the, for? <laughs> yeah. It, and the Ivy League is a mid-major basketball league. Exactly. They're, they're their own thing in football. You know, like, it's, it's so weird to me. It's so weird to me why a top-level athletic league Mm -hmm. seems so caught up in the academics because you can go independent and still academically have relationships with these universities. Right, Notre Dame, I mean. 
Stanford could go independent yeah. and it wouldn't affect their academics really. So why do you let the academics affect the future of your athletic conference so much? Like I understand to a degree, yes, but there are universities out there like West, the University of West Virginia. You look at just the numbers and you're like, oh, they're not a very great university. They are a public institution created and designed to serve the residents of West Virginia as a state school. Now you wanna look at the residents of West Virginia and tell me that they don't need different academic, they don't have different academic needs than the residents of California? No, it's the same. It should be the damn same. No, no, the, the, the point here is- No, I know what you're saying, but it's- I, I'm not trying to say West Virginians are dumb. I'm just, what I'm saying is that there are different academic needs and West Virginia, the University of West Virginia tries to meet those needs in very Absolutely. different ways than California state schools do. And I don't want to hold that against the University of West Virginia right. when I'm talking about athletic conferences. No, that's a good point. You know, the, the crazy thing too is like right now, if you're if you're the Pac-12 and you're trying to gather teams, are because this is really just a battle for third place. And, and this is a short-term thing because it, in five years, this is all going to change again. And I feel, I really honestly believe that, and I know we kind of talked about this before the show and you shot it down a little bit, but I feel like with the- You're about it, to make me sound so bad, aren't no, you? No, I'm not. Because look, <laughs> dude, if, if I feel like in five years, when these TV negotiations come up once again, that if the number, say everything, and I hope it does, I hope the Pac-12 stays together, but say it, 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 they figure it out right now in the short term and then five years goes around and we're in the same boat. If the money's not right, I feel like you're or the egos around Oregon and Washington for how they view themselves athletically compared to everybody else might be in a position where if the Big Ten's not calling, they opt to go independent. Like, I see them wanting to do that, and, and I could see them doing that, but you don't see that being realistic at all, right? No, I don't see it being realistic. I like, And when I say I don't see it being realistic, I mean, I could see them trying it. I don't see them succeeding at it. I'm not saying they would succeed. I just feel like, and that might be what they need, right? I, like, you might need I, I know a pie in at. the face. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I think we're on the same page here. We're both like, yeah, that's that's something they really might consider, and like it is something that might happen if stuff if the dominoes all fall the wrong way for them. Right. But I think you and I both agree they don't seem like brands like Notre Dame that could really stand up to it on its own, especially against a growing gap where the Big Ten and the mm -hmm. SEC are making that much more money because they have those good groups and those contracts. No, that's a good point too. And I mean, at some point, especially like if you're Oregon, I feel like they, they kind of throw their weight around with the Phil Knight thing. And look, man, I mean, father time's inevitable. I don't want to bring the dark cloud over the, the, the duck kingdom, but dude, it, it the dude ain't going to be there for, for long. Is, so, it, I mean, is this the start of our podcast curse where we talk about someone kicking the bucket and they kick the bucket soon? I mean, I wouldn't put it past it. I, you know, you heard it here first. Garrett <laughs> wants Phil Knight to die. I'm the Reaper. I'm not putting that on Garrett. I'm not putting that on Garrett. Oh my God. No, that's funny. No, but dude, it's crazy too, because then you're in a situation right now, if you're the Pac-12 and you're looking. So going kind of going back to the four teams, you've axed UNLV, Boise State, we've established, you've kind of poo-pooed on for years. And even when they their brand can carry more weight than some of the teams you actually have there. So now your only other options really 
if you want to keep it regionally, like we were talking with the mountain and the, the West time zone will be like Colorado state. What the hell are they going to bring to you? Like Colorado state does nothing. I mean, maybe Denver, they, I, it's, That's it's the thing. weird. We, we got to stop looking at this, the market. You're right. You're right. The markets you're don't right. matter with these teams. Like, and I feel like that's something that's being that maybe, and it seems like it's more so the people in the pack that are looking at the markets and thinking, but th that's not how this works. I think that's something that it's more of a fan-driven thing exactly. where fans are like, market, market, market. And I think Big 12 fans, through the additions, kind of got told, yeah, it's not about markets. Mm -hmm. It's more about brands. Right. And so I think the Pac-12 fans are on that learning curve right now. And I'm trying to say that in the nicest way possible because I'm like, I'm not holding, when they say markets, it's just like, you haven't, you haven't seen the additions to your conference mm -hmm. yet. You haven't like... You don't know what the criteria are because Big 12 fans can look back in hindsight. Other conferences fans can look back in hindsight and be like, well, we added them and they aren't exactly huge TV markets. So why did we add them? And so we can kind of reverse engineer it. Pac-12 hasn't been through that. So they don't have that that kind of like they, they haven't had to live it. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. When you're getting down to adding these teams, like I understand why conferences are wanting to grow. I feel like right now, if you're the Big 12 and you're the Pac-12, you're looking at it and saying, okay, we need to at least get to 16 teams and we need to be in a position to where we can probably absorb up to 20 teams over the next decade or so because I kind of feel like that's where it's going. But you got to be diligent with who you're bringing in. You can't just, you know, line up a bunch of average programs when we don't know what other conferences or how things are going to change. But uh – Sorry, real quick, from, from the chat room on YouTube, uh, Patrick Boren, uh, he said, if the PAC loses Colorado, then Colorado State is important to the PAC, no? And honestly, I can see that because you don't want to completely vacate a market. You don't want to give up all the mountains, all the four corner states, that entire market to the Big 12. So in that, in that case, going back to kind of tying mm -hmm. back into the LA Times article, um, when you when you do lose schools, right. if you lose schools, because that's definitely an if. Sorry, I said when. It's it, it's an if. Um, if you lose schools, like the LA Times article said, that's when it's important to replace. That's when it's important to get new schools in. And I think losing Colorado would definitely help Colorado State's cause to get in. It, no, that that's a great point. I think it will too. But then you're in a situation, if you're the Pac-12, where, okay, you lose the four corner schools and you're trying to grab these teams, then are you just the Mountain West? Yeah, that... That's when it gets tough. Like to what, what is that's what I'm getting. Like, what does that do for you? That there's there's no benefit to that. Or, or you're the West Coast Conference. Like, what yeah. the hell? Okay, so let's let's try and draw that line then. So, like, what schools do you have to still have to be the pack? Man, um, like say four corners bounce. Who do you have to have to remain the pack? Not not like the four corners have to bounce, but like if any teams bounce. Who has to still be there for you to still feel like it's the Pac-12? Mm. Um, or the Pac? <laughs> you definitely have to have... Cal Stanford, right? Yeah, Cal Stanford. I mean, that's definitely through and through Pac. Um, you've lost L.A. We've already written off uh, Oregon State and Washington State, kind of, right? Yeah, because they, 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 they really, really seem like much. the leftovers. Yeah. No offense to them. Really enjoy seeing old Crimson fly and uh, the Beavers. I don't know. There's something fun about them. The I point mean, is, I you can kind of write those two off as as yeah, they're mountain like they're they're Mountain West teams. And I'm really, 
I hate saying it like this because I'm not trying to trying to trying to annoy those fan bases, but those those are Mountain West teams when you when we probably see Cal and Stanford yeah, more because, as Pac-12. Yeah, because I think that goes like those those two to me go hand in hand with the Boise conversation we were having, where I feel like Boise's brand is bigger than both of those. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, dude, that's a good question. I don't – like, if you if you lost the fork – okay, that's another thing. That's where – like, does the fork – do the four-corner schools go together, or is there a situation – because it kind of feels like there's even a let, fragmentation between yeah, let, that. Yeah, let's, let's break it up a little more. Uh, real quick, before we get to the four corners, let's go. Oregon and Washington leave. Everyone else stays. Is that still the Pac-12? Yes. Okay. Uh, both Arizona schools leave, but everyone else stays. Uh, yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't feel the same, but yeah. Okay. Now let's go Colorado and Utah leave, but everyone else stays. Yeah, that's still the pack because those are original through and through, whereas you okay. added those two schools. Now let's combine some of these groups. Oregon and Washington leave and the Arizona schools leave. That's not the pack. That's not the pack. I think you've got to have those... Those those found those foundation schools okay. that were there, Oregon and Washington leave, and Colorado and Utah leave. Uh, is that still the pack with the Arizona schools, Cal, Stanford, yeah, I Oregon mean, State, Washington State? It, yeah, I think you're holding on, you're grasping at straws. That's getting really close. Yeah, it's, it's it's there, but it's it's getting away from you quickly. Okay, and I guess last but not least, Oregon and Washington stay. Okay, but the four corners leave. I don't know how likely that is at all. Yeah, but. see, I, that's the scenario I don't think is realistic in anything because the four I'd still corners, like you to answer the question, though. Um, is that the pack? If I, I only think Oregon that's the exact situation we were talking about a while ago where you're holding on to the fringe of, you know, it's it's on life support, you know, in, in those two scenarios because I, I think it could live without Oregon and Washington. Okay, maybe that's a better way to put it. Is it the Mountain West if Oregon and Washington are still in there with Cal and Stanford? If those four schools are in the conference... Is that the Mountain West? No, but I don't think there's a scenario in hell where... <laughs> yeah. Because the, the only way that would work is they would finagle, they being Oregon and Washington, would figure out a way to convince everybody remaining that unequal revenue sharing is a good thing, and that is just not how this works. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I got to agree with you on that one. But... Uh, Thank you for, for participating in that exercise because, no. like, I don't know for you, but for, for me, it feels like, yeah, you're right. There's something about Colorado and Utah as non-originals that just, it it feels like, yeah, they jump, they like jump. they're there. I mean, if you hang on to them, it's great. If they go, they go. And it's weird to say that, too, really, because of Utah with, when they have one back-to-back yeah they've been you know, championships they've been football. running the conference for football but it's just it's crazy to think yeah dude i think that no nah, you could live without them because they're you know new booties per se but <laughs> like you, the, when you start losing your your fundamental foundations pieces yeah that's when it starts slipping away but good times man and, and look the, the if there's any hope right now and, and you need a silver lining if you're the pac-12 you aren't the only conference in disarray. You aren't the only conference who is trying to figure out where the hell they're going and what their future holds because the ACC has joined the party as well. Oh, man. And we are going to get into <laughs> that next here 
on the College Chaos Podcast. I want unequal revenue distribution. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie, and you and man. Ah, it just doesn't end. It does not end. We talked a little bit last week about the ACC and how Florida State's AD had come out and called for unequal revenue sharing. He's taking a look at how the situation's unfolding over really the landscape of, in general of college athletics, but kind of looking at how the SEC right now is, you know, they're, they're going to make a ton of money. The Big Ten's going to make a ton of money. And more so with the, the SEC – you're looking at schools like Florida and Georgia and teams that your schools really battle on the recruiting field with how much further ahead they're going to be. And he's called out for unequal revenue sharing. And then a little while later, Clemson gets on board. Oh, well, we've been here before, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you know, you've seen this. If you're in big 12 country, you're in pac 12 country. This is a scenario where you're all too familiar with. And then, if things couldn't get worse for the ACC, North Carolina joins the party. Jack? Yep. North Carolina Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham came out and said this. Equal distribution was very appropriate, particularly when you had eight schools in your league. I love that. As your league expands, the footprint expands, and the number of sports that you offer differs. The, o- the overall value to the league and its media markets is different. And I think some of us are starting to suggest we need to re-examine that and take a look at where is the value and how do we distribute the money differently so that we can ensure teams that want to invest the most, the schools that want to invest the most, will be rewarded for that investment. That discussion is just beginning. He is not wrong. Like this, this, like this is the first time, and maybe I feel like this is one of the first times I've heard somebody say something and put it in context where it hit home with me because he's not right, dude. Like, I mean, he's not wrong. Like when these, when all these conferences were formed, they were mostly regional. They were small. Um, and then it's gotten to a point where now you're just floating so many people and, and landscape change. The world changes. Just think about I, this. When I saw this last night, this sent me down a rabbit hole of, looking at how college athletic in particular college football changed so much from like 1898 to 1923 like i was trying to put it in context because i i, I live in this i have this belief that we're like a fringe generation we're a bridge generation where like this isn't the 1900s anymore like think about all the differences that changed in life from the 1800s to the 1900s and just the drastic stuff that went into that in yeah, every I've, aspect of life. And I've lived starting, every second of my life with the ability to have a screen in front of my yeah, face. Yeah, dude. So, and it's starting to, it's continuing to evolve. Um, it's going at a high rate of speed. And this is kind of like where people were looking at the industrial revolution and seeing like the, the, the world is changing and we got to get on or we're going to get left behind. I feel like that's where we're at right now in college athletics, where these teams are looking out for their own interests. They're looking out for their own futures and they're realizing there's ways to capitalize on a market that is new and you've got to get ahead of the game or you're going to be left behind. So it was to hear him say that and put it into that context was really intriguing for me. So that made me think of this, Jack. Do they deserve 
a higher revenue share? Does North Carolina deserve a higher revenue share than, per se, Wake Forest, per se, Virginia Tech, and why? This is getting really interesting for me because when you're confronted with that question, you're, you're like, I can see it. You know, they're, they're like one of the two biggest basketball brands in the conference, and it's a basketball conference, mm-hmm. let's be real. Um, a bad bas- one this year. But, but, bas- <laughs> but basketball isn't really moving the needle like football. Everyone knows that. Um, Except Brett Yormark. I mean, dude, that's... We can get we into that later. But um, UNC has been solid at football. They've had plenty of uh, top 25 seasons They got the lately. best quarterback probably in school history right now. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's Drake May, right? Yep. Um, so it's interesting. And Mac Brown's a damn good coach. National championship winning coach. I still am not fully convinced that they, it's not a slam dunk like it is for Clemson and Florida State. Florida oh. State is the biggest, easiest slam dunk for, yeah, they deserve unequal revenue sharing. Then Clemson, because like Clemson just has not been on the same tier of program through history that Florida State okay. has. Okay, you got something to say? I I, I think un undoubtedly North Carolina deserves more North Carolina undoubtedly undoubtedly. like okay football to the football aside North Carolina is one of the few international brands in sports because of basketball because of basketball because of Michael Jordan not because of the sport that makes the most money right now but okay I think that goes along with right now we're seeing this landscape change and there's an untapped mine in college basketball that is about to erupt and I think you're going to see a large influx of money going in that and being made for people and I think Brett Yormark's going to lead the charge in that yeah great time for the ACC to have lost two of its Bro. most historic coaches in yeah. basketball it, yeah not not looking good for either one but no they're going to be fine Duke and North Carolina will be fine yeah, but I just feel like dude there's there's no way I think that just having that power like that causes to me that gives you cause to to say yeah i deserve more revenue than other schools because i think they they're drawing eyeballs across the world say it's um wednesday night and you have freaking north carolina basketball playing i don't know um uh, i would say syracuse but that's kind of a brand anyway playing virginia tech people are coming to that game and they're watching that game because of north carolina I feel like that they're one of the few they're like the Yankees they show up you're gonna go right like you're gonna go see that you're gonna have all eyes on that because it's the I feel like North Carolina has that kind of power and that makes them that makes them valuable more valuable valuable. yes they are more valuable than the average school I was trying to be careful in how I phrased it and that I don't think they're a slam dunk for unequal revenue distribution because their football is not that draw. And basketball, until the bas- basketball really starts affecting the media contracts for these conferences, why should they? Why, like, they're an above-average draw in football, but they're, they're nothing special. When they, if, if they have a bad year, all of a sudden you'd be like, eh, I don't know if they really deserve it. Okay, but they are also in a situation where kind of going back to the academic standpoint, because that's always getting thrown in the mix, and it should be thrown in the mix, North Carolina carries the weight and carries the stick academically as well. Like that is a school that from an academic standpoint, if you're the big 10 or you're the PAC 12 and you are in a weird position to go coast to coast somehow, you would want them 
not only for their sports, but because of their academics. I feel like just the whole package with North Carolina, they are more value. They, 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 they quantify more value. More value, yes. They, they quantify more value to the conference in almost every single way than the average school. I cannot deny that, which is why I understand their call for unequal revenue distribution. I fully understand it. All I'm trying to say is it's not like, oh, yeah, yeah, they they really deserve it. It's like they're above average in every single category, but just above average. They're not incredibly stellar. They, they are not a national championship winning football program, which is the A number one, this is why I deserve more money category. That is, but I, at the same time, I mean – there's aren't there's just a hand there's only a handful like I, I think you could make that same argument for Oregon like Oregon's not a gonna go win a football national championship they, every time they've been in a position they've been embarrassed <laughs> or they just can't yeah. do it I mean it, it's like Oklahoma I mean it's just you yeah. you don't live up to the hype so I so I, I think that's kind of one of those things where it gets that's a, that's a kind yeah. of a weird I, argument I think I think we're on generally the same page here uh, all I'm just trying to say is like. They deserve it, but it's good that they were the third team to ask for it, the third school to ask for it. That that's the intriguing part. So that's and, and like let, let let's look at how that kind of destabilizes the conference even so, more. So yeah, so now that North Carolina's done this, which school is next? Like, do you buy like is it Miami or is it Virginia? Is it Duke trying to flex their basketball muscle as well? Like, I, I feel like at this point it's probably Miami just because their ego, right? It it's got to. Miami seems like the best option there, but it's at this point, it's just because of their ego. They, they haven't a, done anything. They haven't done anything. They've been bad lately. They They've have been, been terrible. Bad. Now, if their basketball starts turning, like, start, like stays good for a little while, and their football gets back to, I don't know, at least bowl eligibility. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, that's how bad it's been. But look, like, they are clearly, if we look at just brand power, they are clearly the next team up to ask for it. Just brand power. Yeah, I think brand power is right, but I would throw – this is a weird thing because I don't – like a lot of people in inside of ACC circles really hold Virginia like to a high standard. Because, and I, they're kind of – I know they are academically, but their sports get thrown into this standard of excellence that I don't really see. But like I and I know their football and baseball are I mean not football but basketball and baseball are really good, but like their football team is so average it's, yeah. it's hard to quant like I think a lot of people honestly just bank on the they are in Miami Florida eventually they have to figure it out there's too much talent around right yeah right so I I I don't know it it'll be interesting to see going forward I don't like Duke would be the next school up for me to ask for it in my mind up the like. At least tied. I don't know who you pick mm. between them and UNC for better basketball brand. Ooh. The academics are up there. Let's not get into that today. Yeah, <laughs> like we can do a whole other segment yeah. on that. Um, so they're they're one of the two best basketball brands in the conference, um, if not the best. They're up there academically in the conference, and their football seems to be on a bit of an upswing right now. I like Duke. I, I think Duke's football is going to be kind of like a dark horse this year. So the, the real hiccup with all this, though, is the TV deal. Because at the time, you you signed your deal with ESPN. You got it through 2036. You locked it down, and you were kind of ahead of the game. You were feeling good about yourself. And now you're in a situation where that 
same contract that you thought put you ahead is now putting you so far behind. You're trying to dig your way out. Is there any way that the ACC right now is able to maneuver out of this 2036? Because the way things are going, I don't see this lasting. Like, I feel like there's they're going to have to – ESPN is going to break or there's something's going to boil up here, and this not lasting to 2036, yeah. right? It One, it's not lasting in 2036. Now, does that mean they find a way to renegotiate before then or they break up? It's one of those two things. And there, I, I think we will see an attempt – at kind of jumping the line like the Big 12 did, trying to stabilize themselves. But I also think it's inevitable that, honestly, both both are going to happen. They will try to renegotiate before the before the end of this current deal. I think it will fail, and then I think <laughs> and then I think schools are going to jump ship. All of this happening before 2036. Okay, so when the schools start jumping, I mean, is it Florida State? I feel like Florida State's got to be the one that jumps first, right? Absolutely. Florida State is absolutely – this is – some people might be able to see it as, like, maybe a Texas and Oklahoma kind of thing where two schools jump together. Texas led that charge. Texas led that charge. Yeah. And Florida State's going to lead the charge out of the ACC. So when they go, though, like, I, I, I really do. I feel like Florida State will probably be the first one to say, you know what, enough, we're going to try to, you know, go. But then when they do, like, all right, say it is Florida State and they bounce, is it – so you're saying that – it's not a scenario where that would be a package deal. Like, because Clemson would have to follow suit, right? Like, there's no way Clemson's staying in the ACC if Florida State bounces. Clemson's absolutely following suit. I, maybe it's naive of me to think like this, but I think the SEC holds so much power where the SEC will kind of just be like, we are going to pick and choose. This oh, is not yeah. a, you don't get to tell me, oh, well, if I'm coming, this team's come, this school's coming with me. No, no, it's the SEC. They're going to be like, we want you, we want you. We want you, and we want you, and the rest of you can go screw yourourselves. That's the crazy thing too, is because like, because when the SEC starts doing that, then that's probably going to prompt the Big Ten, and then you get into the whole battle where North Carolina and Virginia are better fits academically for the Big Ten. Oh, the it's going to be so interesting and, to see because honestly, it might like the the SEC might not be able to be like, I want you, 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 you. They could be like, we want all y'all, and the Big Ten's going to be like, we want all y'all, and they though. A fight between those, a bidding war between those two, yeah. that could get interesting. No, it really would, too. It's going to be crazy, too, because if if the Big 12 can kind of kickstart this, if Brett Yormark can really kickstart the drive for basketball growing and, and becoming a, you know, a, a main stream of revenue, kind of, not, it'll never be on the scale of football, but if, you know, you can make it worthwhile, then does that prompt a North Carolina or, or you know, a Virginia that has really Duke that has the solid basketball programs to say, okay, we know we can't bank on our football. Like that's never been the case. That never will be the case. Then do we go over here? Do we just capitalize and form this massive basketball league? Because dude, like if you had a massive basketball league that could give you the same vibe night in and night, and the big 12 kind of does it now that gives you the same kind of vibe as March Madness. You're not down for it at all. Bro, you're, you, this might sound weird, but you're talking dirty to me. I College basketball is my favorite sport in the world. I would kill for that. I would kill for that. I mean, we're definitely getting down the road a bit here, being like, well, basketball has college basketball has to grow. College basketball it's has going to, to grow. Has to start being hopefully not in on the court product, but all the surroundings, more like the NBA. Um and that I don't know if it's gonna be able to grow fast enough to hit that that ACC wave. I, I think it might be, and I think it will also help too if 
it continues to grow as NIL grows and you're able to keep more basketball players in college and let them develop longer. And it kind of goes back to what we saw in the glory days of the late 80s, early 90s, where you had star-studded rosters that were there for four or five years deep. Now, obviously, you're always going to have your outliers, your Keontae Georges, per se, uh, that are going to be one and done. So I think it, that, that lure, and if you could monetize it, then you could make basketball. Dude, it would be so fun if you could figure so out how to capitalize fun. on that. That would be and so And I really fun. think that's what you're going to do. And that would be great if you could see North Carolina and Duke and Arizona. And, I know the whole. I, I don't see that happening. I think those two big basketball ACC brands, I think they're destined for the Big Ten. Thanks so, both of them? Both of them. I I think academically, the Big Ten again. Don't know why it's such a such a thing. That's, yeah, but, that's a weird thing. But to like, me. the Big Ten's clearly a step above both the SEC and the Big Twelve in academics, and I think that'll be a draw. I think that well, the money for one, <laughs> the money, <laughs> the money will be a big draw. Um, but kind of kind of turning back to to football, um, I and and really getting back to the heart of it, uh, the UNC AD's yeah. comments. Um, I just think this is a terrible destabilizing moment for the ACC. I I wonder what school on the lower end, what school, what are going to be the schools that cause the sticky issues? The Who are going to be the Cal and Stanfords of the ACC where they're more concerned with the academics or they're more concerned about the like, well, that's not how conferences work. Who's going to be the holdup? Because if there's no holdup school, if there's no one being like, no, 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 then um, then I think the ACC has a real shot at surviving. If they will placate FSU, Clemson, UNC, with the playoff expanding for football, I, I think that's something we almost forget to talk about at times in, in, with regard to conference expansion, conference realignment. I think it that helps make the ACC viable. So if there's no one in the ACC who's like, we can't do unequal, then just never, what? then it's it, it seems like they might get to 2036 and get a new deal. But I don't know if there are any teams in the ACC left over that can carry that weight. Like like Cal and Stanford, as much as we put everybody... Leftover. I'm not talking about anyone leaving. No, 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 no. no, no. I, know. I guess leftover wasn't the right wording for that. I just don't feel like there's any teams... Or, or schools in the ACC that aren't stepping up right now and, and causing noise that would carry the same weight to to bat as Cal and Stanford because I feel like Cal and Stanford are established brands. Um, I, I mean, they've, they've yeah, been that's... successful, but like, okay, because the only thing, when you were saying that, the first schools that came to my mind were like Georgia Tech, okay? There's no way in hell... Georgia Tech coming out and saying something like the like Stanford or Cal are doing towards the Pac-12 towards North uh, towards North Carolina would would grow, grow the attention like there's no well, th way that, that's what I'm saying I think that means there's hope for the ACC if if there's no school if Georgia Tech can't go out there and just really gum everything up and be like no no we're not letting unequal revenue distribution happen that means you're that much more likely to get unequal revenue distribution, keep FSU happier, keep Clemson happier, keep UNC happier, probably keep Miami happy. The point is, 
you can make this last longer. You can keep those schools in the conference for longer as long as there's no school like I'm using Georgia Tech as a stand-in mm-hmm. here. I don't know if they're the one. Right. As long as a Georgia Tech doesn't come along and say, we cannot under any circumstance accept unequal distribution. Well, I mean, I think right now you're – I don't see any team who's going to come out and accept it. Like, I, I, I don't see what benefit it would do for you. Like, there's, there's no way that you're going to accept unequal revenue sharing. You're going to cause hell. Uh, yeah, I, the only reason I see you accepting it is because you're more scared of the unknown future than a worse known future. True. Like, that, that's the only reason. And clearly, team like schools in the Big 12 weren't about that. They never were. No. And, and big, so, yeah. I, I, I doubt ACC schools will be about it. But, you know, they're, they're definitely going to be the schools like Georgia Tech who are probably like, I don't see a landing spot. Boston College, I don't see a no. landing spot. No, Syracuse, like, Pitt, like, Pitt's going to be hoping probably for Big 10 or Big 12. But, like, I don't see the Big 10 for them. I always so, forget like, about Pitt. Like, dude, like, I, no, like, every time this gets brought up, like, I even forget Pitt's in the ACC half the time. And I know, like, for their region, and that's probably the problem. Like, like they're probably – they have regional power. They just don't have national power. And, and not being familiar with that region, I just always forget that they even exist. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where I doubt any school on its own is going to be all right with unequal distribution. But – if you see them all hanging together, being like, I think we can stomach it because we yeah. want to stay together. Yeah. That, I think that's the big question there. And um, I don't see it happening. I, I, don't, I, I do think that these three ADs coming out saying we need to look at unequal revenue yeah. distribution, I think that's – it's not just smoke. Like that, that is literally the start No, that's of coming the from the horse's mouth. That is the start of the fire. <laughs> That is the start of the fire that burns the ACC down. It is. Uh, you know, and it's crazy, though, that right now you got a basketball school jumping on board, and it would be great to see them in the Big 12. And, you know, <laughs> it, but that'll never happen. But, you know, it's we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But as far as the Big 12 goes, Big 12 tournament is underway. It starts today. Uh, we're going to get into that. Jack, you might be heading up to Kansas City. So we're going to dive into yeah, that. Yeah, we're not next. sure if I'm heading up there or we'll, not, but we'll, that'll hey, be interesting. We'll, we'll find out. Hopefully so. We'll see. But that's coming up here next on the College Chaos Podcast. All right, we're back here. We're going to put a bow on it with some basketball talk, and we're going to talk some Big 12 hoops, Jack, as the tournament gets underway today. Uh, The first game is going to be West Virginia and Texas Tech, followed up by Bedlam. Which is weird, man, because you hate to see this is going to be coming to an end pretty soon in Bedlam. But uh, looking at these two games, man, I I feel like right now for me, Oklahoma State, with them being like a bubble team, I feel like they have more to play for than Oklahoma. I, I mean, I'm I mean, wrong that, in saying that. Like, what do you think? I think Oklahoma's not entirely off. They need a run. They, they need do. a they run through bad. this tournament. Uh, they're, but they're not entirely out of the bubble picture in my mind. Uh, point is, in every sense of the word, this Bedlam matchup is win or go home. Oh, dude, yeah, no doubt. Like, that's that's 100% true. And it's I, I like the pokes in this. I think I like Boykin. I think Porter Moser still got to kind of figure out what they want to be up there. Yeah, it. I've always wondered because he his style is so 
and I mean this in the best way possible because I love it, is so mid-major. I've wondered how he'd be able to adapt to having better athletes. Do you think it's kind of like a shock smart, shock smart situation where you're just better off being a mid-major coach? I am nowhere close to being ready to say that. Okay. Um, besides, I, I think Shaka is a power six coach, honestly. Like, I view the Big East as a power six conference, and he is a damn good coach he's in a, that, he is a in that Big coach. East. All right, so getting back to this, the first game you're going to have Tech in West Virginia, and elephant in the room, Mark Adams. Uh, making some pretty ignorant comments. Um, and will not be coaching the game. And is not coaching the game, rightfully so. I don't really know how this impacts Tech. Like, they've been so all all over the place all year long. Another team that needs a, turn, a run in the Big 12 tournament, and it's another team that doesn't look like they're going to get one. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I don't see this being like a rallying cry where the team is, is just comes together and goes on some run. I, I think West Virginia handles business. And Tech kind of, I mean, they should make the tournament, right? Do you think Tech is Tech a tournament? They're not a tournament team, so they would be done. Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think Tech is done, and I think, oh, I think a West Virginia loss is the the fork, the final nail, whatever you want to call it. So weird, man. Talk about a turn of uh, of events up there in Lubbock. How things were so high and so promising to now, it's just yeah, like, what the and, hell is going on? Some people are already like, so who's going to be their next coach? Is it going to be Chris Beard? Is it going to yes, be Grant no, McCrath? No, please. I, I, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. No, we, we, we don't need to get into that. Okay, so moving on to Thursday's game. Thursday's games are going to be exciting because to start the day, we've got my Baylor Bears Your Baylor going Bears. up against Iowa State, who not only swept them this year, Kind of blew them out both times. Beat the and it's, hell out of them. Seems dude. like it's a terrible matchup for Baylor. And you don't want to get embarrassed twice in a row heading into the NCAA tournament. Because the Bears are locked for the NCAA tournament. No question about oh, it. Yeah. But they lose this game, they could fall down to the three line. They lose this game badly. They are probably they're almost definitely falling down to the three line. And they really need to show that they can play well against the top end defenses. Otherwise, are you gonna see them? Past the Sweet 16? Probably not. Are you going to see them in the Sweet 16? That that becomes a real question if they show that they can't play against athletic, good defensive teams. That's really been their Achilles heel. And the crazy thing is, like, every time these teams have met this year, the rosters have been different, like, for both teams. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you had the, the whole, you know, the first time Baylor was missing people, Caleb Grill gets suspended coming into last week's game. And that really was kind of like one of those things where that might have been the best I thing mean, that ever happened for Iowa State. I, I don't want to say that as just because it, it seems like there's still a decent bit of respect on both sides. I don't know if you see what, saw what Caleb Grill put out afterwards, oh, yeah, he, his he apology. Was, it was, he was it was, very, that was a pretty top-tier apology. But, I mean, still. He owned up to, to stuff. Um, still don't know what exactly he said, but um, yeah, also I've asked some in, in, the first, this. in the first matchup, I believe Kunch, uh, the four for yeah. Iowa State, he was out. So Iowa State's missed key contributors both games. And didn't matter. Didn't did, did not did matter. And the crazy thing with Baylor too is like, what is Baylor going to look like? Is is Langston Love going to be available? I mean, is is yeah. Ke- what's Keontae's? You know, what's Dale Bonner's reps going to look like? Yeah, I say this lightly. Um, a fan, but a fan that I trust a good bit, Scotty B says Langston won't be available for the tournament. We don't know. We cannot verify that. But there's a distinct possibility because the way the eye heals from a scratch. I don't fully understand, but I know it can take time. Yeah. So eyes are so it's it's a real possibility he misses the tournament. And 
from there, you, I, I you got to wonder. Rushing back, like honestly, Baylor's in a situation where the Big Twelve tournament is just—it's just there. You're playing, and while Scott Drew would love to win it because he's never won it, at the end of the day, if they get bounced, it, it doesn't matter. So I wouldn't necessarily. It rush doesn't matter him back. a whole lot, but there is still this overarching since mid-February or late February. Baylor hasn't really looked good. They really haven't. Like they've they've won a game here or there. They beat Texas and Oklahoma State back to back, but they dropped both Kansas yeah. Kansas and Kansas State. They dropped Iowa State. They need they need to win a game. They need to win this first game. They really it's not something that you look back at the year, yeah. however they finish in the NCAA tournament, and you're not gonna be like, well, that made or broke all of this. But just for the team, I think they need a little momentum. They need to turn things around. No, that's fair. That's very fair. Uh, and, and then the other game on the, the other side of the bracket, you're looking at Kansas State and TCU. Ooh, that is Baby. going to be one hell of a matchup. Yep. That's going to be a very interesting matchup. Jerome Tang, coach of the year. Keontae Johnson, so. Marquise Noel. Like, they seem to have kind of gotten out of their little slump. And they're 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 turning things around from that. And on the other side, TCU, they're fine. They finally have been getting guys back from injury and this and that. But uh, again, Scotty B, who seems to be all knowing sometimes, he says that um, Eddie Lampkin has stepped away from the team, uh, TCU, to to deal with some personal matters. And uh, one, if that's true, putting out all the best to to Lampkin, and really hope that. Um, he can sort that stuff out and, and take the time he needs, figure that stuff out. But that's a blow for TCU. Yeah. He's not the most important, but I don't know if any of y'all have seen this Dude, guy Eddie in Lampkin's person. A dog, man. He's a dog, and he is big. <laughs> he is like, massive. Good luck out rebounding Lampkin, because if it's within his wingspan and his jump rate, like, Dude, it's over. good luck. Good <laughs> luck. Um, so he'll be missed. Uh, if if Miles and Ba are firing, though, yeah. again, that that's a really intriguing matchup because you've got a really good team that's kind of shallow at Kansas State. Like, their their bench does not go deep. Right. And you've got the stars match up. The the stars honestly match up. You've got two guard wing stars yeah. at both schools, and so it's going to be really fun to see. And I think it's going to going to help make the tournament really entertaining. And from there, it just kind of they go and play Texas. The winner of that game goes on to play Texas. Texas has lost to both schools. Yeah, and that's a like I like I, I think Texas has a really talented roster, and they're just sometimes they're so I don't know what it is for them. I mean, they're, they're really good though, but sometimes it's just a bad matchup. And, and Rodney Terry, I know a lot of people were out there, if really the whole Bernard Nation saying that he should have gotten Coach of the Year. He is a tremendous coach. I hope he. I personally feel he's earned the right to be the to get the full position as head coach and carry it over but as far as this year no when you no. look at what Jerome Tang had to do with, deal with first season going in you literally had one guy on your roster then you got Johnson over and they dude that there's no way that Tang didn't deserve to win that over Terry but Terry is a hell of a coach and he's going to get Texas going Terry's a hell of a coach but he inherited a damn good roster and they're old they're old. Um, mostly, it's just like Chris Beard finishes second in the conference. He's not coach of the year. Oh, and Terry, you would have had to win the conference. Keep you would have had to win the, the conference. And even then, I don't know. But it's if also if Kansas State didn't turn things around towards the end of conference, then 
might be looking at something different, but just everything felt perfect for Jerome Tang to take it home. And I think it's really tough to argue with, with him taking it home. It really is. Uh, uh, I got two questions for you, and we can round this out. Let's do this. Who wins the Big 12 championship, tournament championship? Ooh, I'm going to go with... I see. I'm not going to play it safe. I'm going with Kansas State goes on a run. That's so hilarious because I was going to say Kansas State beats Kansas in the championship game. That I, I think that would be so fun. That would get the T-Mobile Center. That walking. would be. It is the T-Mobile Center. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think okay. so. That would be absolutely absurd. And then the final question I have for you, do we put a bow on this show? Does the Big 12 win another national championship? Does it make it three years in a row where they bring home the natty? As much as I want it, as badly as I want it, no. I, I just the odds in a year full of parity, even though the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the nation, it's just, man, I wouldn't, I'd put five bucks on it. I don't know if I'd put more. If Houston wins, do you count it? <laughs> no. No. No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not reaching for that. You're not a, look, it's going to be great. I'm going to love it when you're in the conference, Houston. I'm going to love it. But you win it this year, you won it for the American. Uh, I love it. Let's be real. I love it. I love it, man. So that's all the time we have today. We appreciate all of you for listening, tuning in. Uh, we had some pretty good numbers on the, the whole live show, so we greatly appreciate that as well. Uh, but we will be back next week uh, for some more heat. Uh, make sure you go to stickem365.com and subscribe. If you're a Baylor fan, you have uh, the best of the best content coming out. And then go check out all of our line of channels out there on YouTube as well. Uh, but for Jack, I'm Garrett. This has been the College Chaos Podcast.